Hey strangers, today's episode with Hirakoda, the stunt coordinator and second unit director for Stranger Things, was recorded on June 2nd. It's a little bit of a chaotic time in the world right now, and it was really nice of him to take his time to talk with us and to try to spread some joy and some light to the Stranger Things fan community. As expected, he was as amazing as every other Stranger Things cast or crew member that we have talked to. I think you can feel his high energy when he talks about what he does and, and how much he loves it. And I think this is a great talk, so I hope you enjoy it. And as always, stay strange. Hey strangers, I totally forgot to mention that this interview was recorded via Skype. So for a few moments, you might hear an echo or a pause, but that is going to be quick and just for a second. So stay tuned. Hi, how are you? This is Ash from the Upside Down Podcast. How are you? I'm amazing. Thanks awesome. so much for being on the call with us today. Awesome. Thank you. It's good to be here. So I guess we'll jump right in. You're the stunt coordinator and the second unit director for Stranger Things Season 3. And we have a lot of fans who are familiar with film a little bit because my husband works in film. So every once in a while, I'll pepper in some knowledge. But to our younger fans who are interested and they don't know, can you kind of explain what a stunt coordinator does? Um, A stunt coordinator is in charge of all of the action even down to just uh, seeing a cast member maybe trip over a, a rock or something like that. All It's all about the safety of the cast and what's being performed uh, on screen um, action-wise. Um, I design all the action sequences for the series. And what does a second unit director do? Second unit director it depends on what is needed, but a second for me, second unit directing, I'll do uh, the majority of all the action and the different sequences for things that they just don't have the time to do on main unit. Um, normally, it it's, tends to uh, fall with doing all the stuff that we would shoot with the stunt doubles, and we shoot all the big stunts and things like that. Sometimes I'll have uh, main cast members come in to pick up the pieces. Um, second unit will also be picking up pieces that are missed or needed from a sequence if we run out of time and they just don't have the time to shoot something it'll get bumped over to second unit also there's times that second unit can be just uh, establishing shots of uh you know different locations or having simple drive-bys of uh cars for uh tying into the dialogue that's being done inside the car with the cast oh that's super cool yeah now i know that you came into season three uh, and you were probably welcomed with open arms because everyone that we've talked to from the cast and the crew has just been amazing and we have a mutual friend denise who works on the show and she is she couldn't be any nicer she is incredible i'm curious how did you get the gig well let's see the first ad tutor jones is who i could say threw my name into the hat there was a a very big fight sequence that was uh, being started uh, early on in the season. Um, Sean Levy was directing. Tudor Jones put my name in. It required a lot of wire work and stuff. It was the sauna sequence with uh, Dacre when he's uh, attacking all the kids. And so they brought me in for that sequence to sort of set that up and also transitioning me into sort of taking over the show. The show was picking up on action and they, I guess they wanted to go a different direction this season. 
One of the things I was really curious about is how are stunts planned for each season with the cast and the crew members? For example, are you brought in once the script is written at the beginning or is it something that you do episode by episode? You know, I I go through and the scripts are, are, are coming out all at different times and I just I have to read the scripts and I have to break them down. I mean, my process is a bit long, but I, I go through the scripts, break them down by pulling out all the stunts and not really even paying attention to what's happening just the story wise. And I just get the, the, the stunt beats out of it. And then I have to go back and read it and understand what is happening in the sequences and what the storyline is, is following. And then I go back and read it again, just as a fan and try to leave everything else out so I can really, you know, get into the story. And then from there, after I've pulled out what I believe are stunts and what are needed for safety and things like that, then we have several meetings production meetings and then we have like our individual meetings with the directors just to go through all the stunt beats and things like that and discussing what what is planned and what is uh you know what i have planned to design for the action and what i do normally too is i'll i'll shoot a previs with my stunt doubles and that also i'll take that into the directors and allow them to take a look at it and say hey what do you like about this? What do you don't like about us? We can go back during our rehearsal and prep time so that by the time we get on set, everybody's on the same page and we know what's going on. Oh, cool. Now, you use the term a previs. Is that like a pre-visualization? You're kind of shooting what the scene could look like? Exactly. It's a, it's a stunt previs. It's a live action one. And uh, I'll shoot it with the stunt doubles. And I'll usually shoot it the way that I would shoot it on my, like if I was directing a second unit. Um, so I'll cut it together at the end. So it's all, you know, a full cut piece together so they can get an idea and a feel of what it's going to be. I'll even add music and sound effects to give them the full, you know, feeling of what the, what I'm envisioning for the scene. It seems like you have to do a lot of work. How big is your team? You know, it, my team varies depending on how much uh, stunts we have going on. I mean, it's I'm hiring people throughout the season on and off and they're coming in and out. And it's, uh, you know, all the cast members have doubles. And then I have like ND, which is nondescript characters. And then I'll have just people that are sometimes I'll have stunt people that if there's a, a character that has maybe like one piece of dialogue, I'll throw them in the mix for, you know, into casting so that they can cast a stunt person. Then we don't have to double them for anything if they have action. So the, the, the stunt team varies. It's, it goes from having one person for this scene to having, you know, 25 people in this scene. So it just depends on the scene. Now, I know that each cast member has a body double for their stunts, but for the cast members that do their own stunts, and I guess even for the body doubles, what is the prep time once you've determined what the stunts are going to be? How much time does it take to get them used to what the stunt's going to be? I imagine there's a lot of practice time. We have lots of, I mean, Stranger Things, and this production is incredible with, like, prep. There's so many meetings and so much time that we get prior to, which is very nice to have. And of course, once we get rolling on a season, it, it gets harder and harder as we're going and episodes start overlapping each other and things like that. Because while I'm shooting one episode, I'm prepping the next block or the next episode. And, you know, so it can get a little bit busy in that sense. But um, the some people that I hire, I, I tend to hire all of the same people that I know can get the job done. And, and I'm very particular with stunt doubles. So I, I, I want to make sure that they 
they look like they're actors, size, height, hair, everything that I can get so we can get away with as much as we can with them. Because if uh, if you watch something and you think that it was the actor, then our we did our job because it's it should be seamless with what the cast is is doing. Now, as far as bringing in like cast members I, during prep and prior to we just it's all about scheduling and figuring out the times that we can get cast members in to rehearse and rehearse each of those sequences so that they understand what is happening and they're comfortable with everything and being able to perform on the day because they don't only have to do some you know stunt fighting or whatever they're going to be doing but they also have to be in their character and deliver dialogue and things like that so now in season three there's a lot of fight sequences i would say it's probably the most heavy of any of the seasons you have scenes where you have Hopper and he's fighting Gregory, but then you also have scenes where you have Eleven where she's fighting, you know, a mind flayer that isn't really there. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between what it's like to film two actors doing a stunt together versus an actor doing a stunt with, I'm assuming, you know, a green screen or maybe someone in a bodysuit with some kind of electronics on them? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely always easier when you have bodies to deal with. So having two people fighting that are there, it's, it's always much easier. It's, it's much easier for me to shoot my previs cause I have my two actor, I mean, my two stunt doubles there, you know, performing for me while I'm shooting our previs to get a good idea of what's going on. When, um, we have cast working with like the mind flare, a lot of times, you know, when Eleven was working, when she was being attacked, that, that that's the part that I really like that challenge and designing that type of action is, is understanding what this creature is and what its power is and how much strength it has and, and, and what the directors, you know, want in their vision because I want to make sure I keep their vision going. And to be able to create this, I mean, these actors, it, it, my hat's off to them because they have to perform sometimes to nothing or they perform to a stunt guy that's there in like a green suit or a red suit with a silver hat. And, you know, it may look <laughs> funny on set, but in the, you know, in the end, it's this giant, scary creature. But, you know, the, the Duffer brothers and even Sean Levy is, is, as well, they set the tone on set, which they're so incredible. It's like, I, I, I it's an honor to be able to second unit direct for those guys and, and to to be able to be on set and watch what they do. They play music. They get the cast, even the crew gets into just the vibe of the scene. And so it, it really helps them to perform with what, if something's not there, you know, to perform in there, you know, Sean Levy's got a lot of energy and he's like, and it's there and it's going to attack. And, you know, it's just <laughs> energy is there and it's, it's so high and it's like, it's, it's, it's so fun to watch and, and, and see it all come together in the end. It sounds like it's awesome. I'm wondering, you know, when you're working with, let's say, David versus Millie, do you feel a, like a higher sense of anxiety knowing that you're dealing with a minor doing some kind of crazy stunt? Even though they do have body doubles, I, I know that she does some of her work. Yeah, I, it's 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 very um, – safety is my number one priority and – Dealing with children is always, you know, something that is on my mind in, in making sure that they are completely safe with what we're trying to do. And I want to make sure that they are completely comfortable with everything. I mean, working with David, obviously, he's an adult and he's very uh, involved in in his action and, and getting involved with the fight. He's so good with his fights and it, it makes things a lot easier, obviously, with him. And I can tend to relax a little bit more. But with the children, especially, you know, dealing with Millie in that whole sequence in the cabin and having to fly her on wires um, and the stuff in the void where she was in some wires and things like that. It's it's uh, always, you know, something that I'm like completely, you know, I'm 
always thinking of safety with them and making sure that they're safe. But my thing with them is to get them in during prep, during rehearsals, get them in those crazy rigs that we put together and make them feel comfortable with it and building a trust level with them that they um, feel comfortable and they know that they're going to be safe. How much rehearsal time would Millie get for something like that? I'm just using her as an example because she does a lot of the bigger stunts. But, you know, when she's up on a wire, is that something that you would just bring her in for the day and you just kind of go through it with her? Or is that something that has to really be, I'm sure it's planned out, but she also probably has limited time to kind of practice those stunts. How does that work? Yeah, that's the other, you know, that's the other challenge is working with children is the time that we have with them because they have to do their schooling. So they don't have as much time on set as the adults do. So it's, it's, it, again, it goes back to the scheduling and like Tudor and Richard, the two ADs, they're just amazing with the way they, they plan and, and schedule things. And if I go to them and say, I need to get with Millie or I need to get with Caleb or I need to, you know, any of the kids and I need this time to rehearse them and go through that. They, they get me that time. Um, but I always do it prior to, and it could be a day, it could be two days, it could be three days. It just depends on how big the gag is and, and where they are comfort level. Once they leave at the end of the day, if I feel like they're completely comfortable, then we can go to shoot. Otherwise I'll take another day to rehearse with them. Now I know that you directed one of the finale showcase scenes, which I think was the big battle that was between Hopper and Gregory. And I'm curious, how did that come about? Is it is it normal for a stunt coordinator to direct a scene like that? Is it just easier? The the scheduling there was so much into that whole sequence. I mean, the whole thing at the end was a it was a massive fight. It was a massive, beautiful set that we got to shoot on, and because there was so much involved in that, I would imagine is why it was put over to second unit. I mean, and it it's all about you know being having this honor to be able to direct the finale like that. It was just it was such an honor that the the Duff Brothers gave me that opportunity to do that. Um, I even was able to have you know David Harbor and and Andre on my unit with me the biggest challenge that we did have and and our schedule was crazy at the end of that season anyway so it was like we were all over the place trying to finish everything up so we just the time there was no time to have main units shoot that they had so much other stuff to shoot as well but the the biggest challenge that we did have with that is that david was needed on you know my unit as well as main unit with the Duffer brothers. So it was like we had four and a half days to shoot that sequence and we had to shoot maybe a half a day with David and then he would shoot over to first unit. And then I would finish my day with the stunt doubles and Andre. Andre was there was the whole time. That guy was amazing. It was incredible. <laughs> he just like kind of stuck with us all day and he just toughed it out with, you know, he did the first half of the day with David and then the second half of the day he was dealing with the double all day. So he he worked his ass off and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I was really proud of David and Andre they, and, and my stunt doubles. They all did an amazing job for that sequence. Yeah, it had a really amazing look. So I don't know why it didn't, it didn't dawn on me. Someone else might have directed that, but was that one of the first times that you've done a directing of a, of a stunt coordination scene? I know that you said that you do it for the previs, but was this the first time that you actually did it on camera? No, I've, I've been second unit directing for quite a while. I've got my DGA card in uh, 2000. Oh, okay. Um, so I've been, uh, I've been second unit directing for a while, and so that wasn't new, but it was for that big of a sequence on this show for the the, the bros was quite amazing. Yeah, you've been doing some great uh, shows. I looked it up. You did Ozark and Cobra Kai and Big Little Lies and Sons of Anarchy, which I'm obsessed with that show, but that's a conversation. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> that's a conversation for another day. Um, I'm curious, do you ever get stunned by any of the sets that you work on? And I think I'm thinking specifically of the Starcourt Mall. You know, I'm, I was a background extra, so I actually got the privilege to go and see that Starcourt Mall. And it was just shocking, like how beautiful and how amazing the details were. What is it like when you walk in and you're like, I've got to do stunts within this area? It, it's a playground. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a playground. Like when you walk into these massive sets and it's just you you see so many different things that you could do and uh, it it really just becomes a playground for a stunt person. Um, And my mind just starts going all over the place trying to figure out, you know, what what we can do in there and what's, you know, what we're capable of doing practically. And um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the sets were incredible season three. I mean, going into you know, the Starcourt mall is like, that was an actual practical mall. You were there. So, you know, and it's just like, how are we going to do all of this? But you know, I, I mean, the prep that this show entails is like, just, it's, it's incredible that, you know, everybody's, uh, how hard everybody works. This crew is, is, is such a hardworking crew and it's, it's a, it's a fun show to be a part of. When you're building out your stunts, when you're thinking about what you're going to be doing, do you ever coordinate with the art department in advance? I will coordinate with every single department. Art department is one for sure, depending on, you know, what we are doing in those uh, different uh sets and locations and things like that and they're very helpful in setting up things like if i'm doing a lot of things with actors and things like that i got to look out for all sharp objects and things like that that are going to be you know that are going to potentially be harmful during a fight so they will remove those or we will rubberize them or we will put safety pads around them and incorporate it into the set so we don't have you know, those dangerous things in, in there. And even going, I talk to props, every single prop that we deal with, if it's an action sequence, every prop has to be sort of discussed and what's going to be rubber when it's going to be real or, you know, whatnot and things like that. I deal with the hair and makeup having to, you know, sometimes we shoot things out of order. And if we're shooting a sequence like that has happened after a fight, they need to know what do they look like after this fight? You know, how bad did they get beat up? So we got to work on like what the injuries are and things like that. So it's, it's every single department and it's, uh, it's, I, greens, I work with greens on, if I'm out in the woods working at, you know, you know, in the woods for anything, they, they help me with clearing out areas where things are going to be happening to make sure there's no, you know, it's, it's so much, there's so many departments that are involved in these, uh, to make these shows. My husband was working on a show and he said that your guys, they are practicing all to all day long. Like they're just practicing to get everything right. I'm curious, how often are you guys on set? I know when I talked to Tina Rowden, who you probably know is the still photographer for Stranger Things, she was saying that her schedule is a little bit more flexible. She can come and go. But are you more like standard crew? You're there from dusk till dawn? I am – I am on every day. I'm not necessarily on set if it's just strictly a dialogue scene. But, you know, I if I'm not on set, I'm in the rehearsal hall rehearsing and prepping something. Oh, that's interesting. Your doubles, are they considered cast or crew? Uh, they're cast. The stunt doubles are considered cast. Oh, okay, that's interesting. I'm curious, what made you get into stunts as a career? <laughs> I got my SAG card when I was 12 years old doing a, a national commercial for a high C drink. Nice. Uh, 
and I, I, I wanted to, uh, I've always wanted to, I've always enjoyed the entertainment industry. Um, but, uh, my father trained a marsh. I mean, she trained, uh, he trained several people, but, uh, he's a martial arts, my martial arts instructor, but he trained a girl that was a stunt woman in, in Hollywood. And, um, her husband was part of a, a stunt group called Stunts Unlimited, and she took me when I was 12 years old to a couple of sets, and they had some rehearsals going on, stunt rehearsals, and I, watching these guys do stunts since I was 12 years old, I was like, "That's what I want to do. I'm going to be a stunt man." That's it was the most it was the most incredible thing I watched ever, and uh, so yeah, I mean, I turned 16, I talked my parents into uh, letting me get my GED, and I moved out of Cal out of well where I was living. I don't want to say where I was. <laughs> I moved to LA to become a stunt man. Had no idea how. I was going to do it, but I was determined to do it, and uh, and that's what I did. Um, my first sort of big gig that I did, I fell into doing the uh, Power Rangers. I did the first seven seasons of Power Rangers. Yeah, I read that. That's amazing. A non-Stranger Things question. I know that you did a fellow podcaster's uh, podcast, the Cobra Kai cast. Um, uh-huh. I love them, and I love that show, Cobra Kai. I'm wondering, you know, you were probably a kid when the original movie came out. What was it like? You know, is it a surreal experience for you to do the stunts now with those actors? It's It was so surreal to the first time I walked on that set and saw those cast members there. And that show is that show is so much fun. That's an amazing cast and crew as well. And, like, just I, I'm stuck in these, like, old 80s shows, like all <laughs> <laughs> all, all back in the 80s but anyway yeah i mean it was it was incredible to go back that that show meant so much to me when i was a kid and i was a kid when that movie came out and it was a huge influence in my life my father was my karate instructor since i was you know two years old so it's it's been a big part of my life and to be able to be in in that show now and and being able to coordinate that show i even second unit direct on there as well and and it's 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 an incredible show to be a part of yeah, uh, I was lucky enough to meet Ralph and uh, Billy at Dragon Con, and it was a surreal moment for me, for sh- for sure. I'm such a huge fan of those guys, and I mean, Ralph, I, all his shows, The Outsider, and just, I mean, there's so many shows that I'm a huge fan of his, and, um, you know, I don't get too starstruck when I see people, but, you know, seeing those guys was pretty, was pretty <laughs> cool. They're really cool guys, down to earth, just, you know, and they, they work hard as, as anybody else does, and they want to, you know, they're much older now, but they work hard, those guys, to make sure that they're able to deliver what they need to deliver on screen. Yeah, they couldn't have been nicer. I mean, when we met them, they were so friendly. Um, My seven-year-old gets really nervous around people, and William Zapka kind of just, like, stopped the line and was like, hey, I'm going to talk to this kid for a bit. So it was pretty rad. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He loves kids, man. He's so good with kids. Are there any TV shows or films that you haven't worked on yet? It feels like your resume is so long, but is there something that you haven't worked on that you you would like to work on? Oh, man. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, I don't know. There, I'm, I'm sure there's something. I have to think about that for a second. Um, I, I just, I'm so I get so into what I'm doing at the moment that I don't even have time to even think about that stuff. 
you know, and I, and I say that before and then all of a sudden I'm doing a show like Ozark. I did, I came in on that show as season three and it was, you know, a show that I'm a fan of and, uh, just being able to be a part of anything like that is, is pretty incredible. Gosh, what, what, what shows I have, I, you've stumped me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to do anything. I'm good with anything. I feel like it's, a, it might be a hard question for you to answer because you've been so fortunate to work on some of, you know, great television shows already so what would you recommend for kids maybe that are interested in doing stunts what should they do to kind of prep for this if it's something they're interested in in adulthood um you know i as a my my youngest he's seven years old and he that's all he wants to do he wants to be a stuntman but you know the thing that i tell people that they need to do is they need to take a martial arts get into gymnastics uh you know get into whatever motocross some kind of special they need to like start learning and if they're interested in doing that as a kid and moving into an adulthood to to be a stunt performer having that in their pocket is is going to be a plus any you know special abilities is going to be good for them and then you know adults that are asking all the time where when, how do I get into stunts and what do I want to do? You know, and it's, it's just asking them what they can do special that is different from anybody else. And there's a stunt school. It's called the Stunt Performers Academy ran by Bonsai Vitali that I usually try to send everybody to because if they can make it through that course, then, you know, they're, they, they, then they, they, they can probably make it as a stunt person. <laughs> In addition to knowing like how to do, you know, backflips or take a hit, is it important for them to know rigging? Would they need rigging skills or is that like a separate entity? It is a completely separate entity, but as a performer, you don't necessarily have to be a rigger, but to learn about the rigging and all the wire work that goes on, it's very important that you do learn that because if you're going to be a performer and riding in a wire, you want to know how that rig is working that's flying you around. And if you have the understanding of what you're doing, not what you're doing because they obviously are doing the gag, but the if they have the understanding of how the wire rig works, then they're going to make their performance much better. If they have no idea and they just jump in a line, they're putting their trust and safety into you know someone else's hands. But if they understand the concept of the rigging and how it works, they can see things that might not work. And they're able to communicate with their riggers, hey, this isn't working much for me on this because it's different with everybody. Everybody's different in a wire. Yeah. So. Well, we have a section where we let fans send in questions, so we pulled out just a couple. Um, Jack Onapot wants to know, how did you throw Billy through the wall in the sauna test, and how many takes did you have to do to make that scene work? It was a uh, two-part section because the interior of the uh, sauna room was on a soundstage um, where we were able to control you know, the, the lighting and all that stuff. And we had built the set inside of, uh, the soundstage. And then the exterior part was at a, on an actual location. And so inside, when we threw him, we threw him into a wall. He never busted through that wall in the set. And we did that a few times, I think with his stunt double. Um, and then on the actual location is where he came out through the wall. It was a, uh, exterior piece built on to that location. We built a, a, a fake wall that matched what we had and, uh, our stunt guy ran and just busted through it. And we did that one once they set two cameras and set it up once. I think we had the chance to do it three times, but the first take was, uh, was actually perfect. Cameras caught it and we didn't have to do it again. I'm curious how it worked because 
you know, you have to use some kind of rigging or wiring, but Dacre, and I'm assuming his body double or his his uh, stunt double, they were shirtless. Like, how did you do that with their bare skin? Were there, were there pads? How did that work? That was uh, that was quite the challenge for that sequence because he was shirtless and we had to develop these interesting rigs to, you know, fly Dacre around in that room. And, and, you know, Dacre rode some of the wires and flying his stunt double and flying him into walls and things like that. But he did it with no pads. He had because he was shirtless and, you know, he was prepared for all of that. There were certain things that we did pad up some of the walls to look as if they were real brick, but they were slightly padded in a way to help protection on him as he's hitting it with his bare back and then a sound effect is added in so it's gonna make it sound you know terrible (laughs) (laughs) i know that dacre was in the new power rangers did you guys talk about power rangers at all i think that was something that came up pretty early on when we (laughs) first started the show is that someone said hey you know dacre he's a power ranger too um so it did come up i didn't work on the film but uh we did have some chats about it Okay, well, M457 says, how was the scene where Eleven almost gets pulled out of the cabin by the Mind Flayer filmed? How was it filmed? How was that? Uh... <laughs> I wish I could give you more, but that's all it says. <laughs> um, she, uh, we, we had a stunt double for her as well, and we rode the stunt double and her both on wires. And that was, um, you know, I mean, that was an interesting one to film because it was this giant creature that was yanking her from the ground up and trying to pull her out and through the ceiling and having to make it uh, believable that this thing was grabbing her by the ankle and dragging her. So that was quite challenging. Plus being able to, you know, deal with Millie as a, as a child and a minor and making sure that she was safe throughout that sequence. Totally. Noni Harbor wants to know, she's heard that sometimes body doubles are used in low action sequences and she was curious why that might be. Stunt doubles are used at various times depending on uh, what the sequence requires. I mean, sometimes, and I guess you would say a, a low action scene would be maybe just seeing somebody run across a field and, and you don't, you know, you use a stunt double for that instead. But if we're looking at the person's back and they're just running across a field, maybe the, sometimes it's because an actor doesn't want to do it. Or, <laughs> or uh, you know, it's like, hey, you're not seeing my face, use the devil, and they're going to run across this field. So that, that would be, you know, the reason for it. Sometimes, you know, you, there's certain things that you wouldn't think that a double would be used, but you know, when we're doing car sequences and you have a car sliding around a corner or something like that, obviously the driver is a stunt double, but sometimes if there's passengers, you know, the actor in the passenger seat is going to be stunt doubled, even though he's not doing anything but sitting as a passenger. But you don't want to put an actor in that danger of sliding a car around or, or hitting something or things like that. So, you know, a stunt double would be used for that. So it seems like you're in charge of or at least play a role in some part of everything in casting the stunt doubles, in the rigging, in figuring out, you know, what the stunts are going to be, in the car action sequences. That seems pretty extensive. How how far in advance do you need to plan? As much time as I can get is is what I ask for. Um, as soon as uh, I get a script and I break it down and I pull things out that I know are going to take some time, I try to get on those as quick as I can as far as starting prep and rehearsal. But, you know, like I said, the scheduling on the show, they're, they're, they give me the time. If I get to them and tell them, hey, I need this, I get that time. 
and some stuff doesn't take as long and I can push those off to the side and I can say, hey, we can deal with that on the day. It's not that big of a deal. But there's plenty of things on that show that need time to rehearse and time to prep and also just time for everybody to know what's going on so they can figure out exactly how they want to shoot it as well. Do you ever have to work on dual shows at the same time? I, I have, and it's 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 very difficult. I did uh, last year. I was on The Outsider. HBO's The Outsider. That's oh, my Steven. husband! My husband worked on that show. Ah, okay. I started that show, and then I and Jason Bateman was on there. He's incredible, and he brought me over to Ozark, and they sort of overlapped. So I was doing the two of those together, and then as Outsider ended, I was only on Ozark, and then I started Cobra Kai. So there was an overlap on that as well. Um, so it, it's difficult prepping two different shows, but uh, it was it, I needed a break. <laughs> I needed a break. Yeah. So yeah, but I have done that before. Well, I'm super excited for season four, and I just wanted to thank you for taking time to talk to me today, especially with all of the chaos and everything that's happening in the world right now. I think it's cool that we can bring some joy to Stranger Things fans who are craving, you know, any kind of new content that they can get. Absolutely. And the fans are what drive us to what we do, man. It's it's a lot of fun. Well, you couldn't have been nicer. You're just like every other cast member or crew member that I've talked to. It's been really rad talking to you, and I thank you a lot for your time. You too. Thank you so much. Have a good day and stay safe out there. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Upside Down Podcast hosted by Sisters Ash and Tori. For more information, visit our website at theupsidedownpod.com. You can also contact us at theupsidedownpod at gmail.com as well as follow us on our Facebook and Instagram under the Upside Down Podcast. Episodes are released every other Monday, so be sure to subscribe. If you love the podcast, be sure to review us on whatever you listen to us on. Thanks again. Stay strange.